What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the MCU Reviewed, as presented by Fantastic. Man, I mean, we got Fantastic. Maybe the word we're looking for today is amazing, because we're talking about Spider-Man Homecoming. Booyah, baby. There we go. John's got, got the it. 4K beauty edition there. One of maybe three or four Blu-rays? Uh, three. All right. right, good. We're we're gonna get to a lot of awesome stuff. Uh, hopefully, you checked out our episode last week on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, and how much we loved everything with that movie. I think we're gonna see a lot of the same today. Although at the the end of that episode, I'm very intrigued to hear where our our fellow geeks land on the the Spider Man debate. Regardless, we'll get to that in a moment. I'm Josiah Leroy. With me today, as always. My right-hand man, Mr. Baba Yaga. John Fick, you got some really nice Nintendo gear that you're sporting there. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm all over the place. Nintendo New York out of my mind right now. Got the nice little uh, dad hat. Got my, I've been wanting a new water bottle for a while. So I, I was there. I'm like, all right, I got to go with the, the bright red New York Nintendo water bottle. And I spent way too much money at that store and way too much time. But every time I go to the city, I do the same thing. I'm, I'm there for like 45 minutes to an hour and a half, no, like no matter what. Everyone that goes with me hates it, but... It sounds it perfect to me. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> JT, you have uh, you shared with us a really fun story pre-show about uh, a little gaming adventure that you just had. Why don't you talk about that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I uh, just finished up Horizon Zero Dawn, which uh, John has been picking at me to continue to play for over a year and a half now, if not more. Um, I know I started it. Right? Three years? Yeah. Well, no, more. Three years. Well, I didn't. I didn't try to play it three years ago. I know it was a little after that, anyway. But um, yeah, I, I I loved it. I regret ever just deciding not to play it. Uh, similar to Ghost of Tsushima, which is a very highly acclaimed game for me. Um, uh, love open world games in general, and I feel like John's introduced me to like the every open world game I've ever run into. Uh, Far Cry being one of the first I think I ever played. So, um, yeah, I, I loved it. Loved it. I played it in just story mode though, so I didn't play an easy, medium, hard. I played just story because I wanted to get the story itself out, which was great. Um, left a lot of snippets for Horizon Forbidden West that's coming out. It's also part of my fantasy team for for uh, fantasy critics. So I'm super out. excited about it. Um, if <laughs> when. And it comes well, out. It will come out. Uh, <laughs> yes, whether or not it's 2021. Uh, you're you're also going to play one of my favorite games ever, uh, very shortly in God of War. But past that, you you played Call of Duty with uh, someone pretty sweet. Yes. Oh, that story. Oh, I'm so sorry. Wrong story. But I got this story too. Oh, yeah, I was so with today, you. John. Uh, I thought that too. I, I, yeah, I definitely thought Horizon. I, you guys just wanted me to play it so bad. Maybe I'm just it's stuck in my head. But uh, yeah, today I randomly was on Twitter and uh, Tyrell Dotson, the a Buffalo Bills linebacker, uh, was looking for some people to play COD. So I hopped on and uh, we got a lobby together. He's a super cool guy, super chill. Um, a couple dubs. He's actually one of the more cracked players I've ever seen. Uh, I think first game with him, we had like 17 kills. Like every time I turn to go kill someone in the game, he they're just dead. I'm like, oh okay, here's my three kills. Enjoy it. Uh, but yeah, he was he was he was a nice guy. I got my brother in there. I got one of our friends, uh, Mike Newton, in there, and uh, got two dubs out of it. So it was nice. Yeah, he's a good guy, and it's nice to see that you know he's willing to play with anyone, and I appreciate it for sure. That is pretty flippant sweet, if I can say so myself. Uh, hopefully, we yeah. can get him in in one of our charity live streams in the future. Uh, but the it. Buffalo Bills, man, seems like everything they touch is success these days, including video games. So yeah. 
The real reason we're here, we're here to talk MCU. If uh, if you haven't caught up or if this is your first time tuning in, thank you so much. Whether you're watching at youtube.com slash the Geekiverse or wherever you listen to podcasts. Spider-Man Homecoming, a landmark movie for so many reasons. A movie that I never thought that we would get. We got it. Marvel and Sony got together and made uh, one of my favorite movies of 2017. The sixth Spider-Man movie, if we're, we're going back, we had the original trilogy uh, with Tobey Maguire, and then we had two films with Andrew Garfield. But to me, we got the definitive experience with what we see in Tom Holland in the current iteration. Let's intro uh, just our quick 101 thoughts on the movie. I'm very excited to see where you guys land on this. I, I think it's generally, generally, a, a, I would say, mostly beloved movie. But John Fick, take it away. Overall thoughts on Spider-Man Homecoming. We got our love letter to 1980s uh, teen comedies or, or teen 1980s movies, if you will. I, I couldn't agree more with everything you said there. Uh, JT, thoughts on Homecoming? So I think last last episode, John was a little nervous for, I, I don't know if it's just for me because he knows my opinions or, or for the both of us. But uh, I said, you know, I only watch Homecoming one time in theaters. I was on my birthday. I remember specifically. I know we were probably going to ask this guy later, but um, <laughs> my opinion changed, and for the better, much more for the better. Um, I think I appreciated more than anything, and that's kind of what you said, John. Is is they didn't have to focus on Uncle Ben, and and I got bit, and and like honestly, you know, the specific parts that that speak to that as kind of like a joke, like oh, we don't need to do that anymore, and you just love it. It's like. Right. It kind of fit in perfectly. Uh, the drama, a lot of the action scenes, uh, Peter trying to learn the superhero life after being in such a big film and a big event in in, in Civil War. Uh, you know, I definitely enjoyed it for sure. I want to, you know, decided to get into it and figure, you know, go through it. So I'm very, very intrigued as I say every single week, to see where we get this on the rankings list. We're going to rank these movies as we get to the end of the show, as we do per every episode. And I've got a number in mind. I'm, I'm pretty confident in my head. I'll tell you guys afterwards if I was right or wrong, where this is going to land. Just kind of knowing the playing field here, knowing for the most part where John and JT go in addition to my votes. I think I've got a good number in mind. But uh, that being said, I agree with a lot of what you guys said there. I instantly love this movie upon seeing it in the theater and somehow every time I've seen it past, I like it a little bit more. It's just, it really is the perfect Spider-Man movie. We got our awesome Tom Holland there. We got a lot of RDJ and you know, we love our Iron Man here at the Geekiverse. Uh, Michael Keaton is man. One of the best MCU villains. He just easily, no, no part of this movie mails it in. It is, it is very carefully crafted. No stone is left unturned even to all the, the the nods and Easter eggs in the background and just a really, really good self-awareness. 
and it found a way to really, in my mind, encapsulate the best of what Spider-Man is. So that being said, the movie came out to, uh, July 7th, 2017. Box office numbers, it does, uh, I believe, $880.2 million. Pretty good, right? Par yeah, for the course. Great. We see this this kind of sliding scale of MCU movies. They slowly get up, minus the you know the big Avenger tentpole movies. But that's the norm. That that's great. You know, Sony's happy with that. After Sony and Marvel get together, the Marvel produces a pretty damn good movie for them. So I I think overall no surprises on the box office here. Right. No surprise. Uh, in terms of the show before we get on to our next bullet point i did want to mention at the the onset we said this is sponsored by fantastic if you don't know fantastic is a division of 26 shirts go to 26shirts.com every week they've got great new shirts on sale proceeds of every sale go to a charity or a family or a person in need they always outline what the need is and where those funds essentially are going uh to date they've raised over 1.1 million dollars that go directly to these individuals charities and families such an incredible uh big-hearted community that 26 shirts has is spawned on here we're happy to be a part of it dell was on uh, our episode last week again go check it out it was uh guardians of the galaxy volume two I have a feeling he's going to move heaven and earth to be on the next episode that we're going to talk about. But today, it's all Spider-Man. JT, you kind of alluded to it there. Uh, So why don't we go to you first? Uh, Take us through a little bit your your first viewing of this. And and I guess, to this date, almost your only viewing prior to this. Right. Uh, You know, at the time, I finished it up today for my second viewing. Uh, But the first viewing was on July 8th, my birthday uh, of that year. it was actually my 25th birthday, I believe, because I yeah, there was like a surprise party associated with it too. So that adds up. <laughs> vivid memories. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, uh, you know, definitely, definitely enjoyed it. Was was excited for it because you know we had we had seen uh, you know Spidey in, in Civil War. Um, I was super cautious though because I was really upset with the Andrew Garfield Spider Man. And the fact that they like regurgitated the story in a sense, right? And I was like, just don't do this MCU. Like, I don't want it. Don't do it. Um, I was happy that they didn't. Um, and yeah, it was it was, it was a great. It, I would say, initially, gave me a little bit of. There were times I just thought it was a little too corny, a little too kiddish. Um, I think we see that more so in Far From Home, which we're going to go through that in the future, obviously. Um, but yeah, I totally, totally wrong on that first viewing. <laughs> Looking at it again now, uh, maybe because I haven't watched it as much either. Obviously, I think it's just, it's just not really available anywhere. I had to rent it, like physically rent it. So um, through Amazon Prime. So yeah, I definitely initial wasn't really as good as I thought it was. But watching it again, it definitely grew on me. And, and I definitely enjoy it now for sure. So JT, you sound a lot. I love the honesty here because we we largely, especially in the last few movies here, have just gushed about everything. Um, so you sound a lot like I sounded when I saw Guardians 2 for the first time, right? Like right. I was like, okay, I'm not really sure how I feel about this. I'm not liking it as much as I had hoped. And then time went on, in my opinion, changed on that. Clearly, we saw in the rankings. Um, this one was was kind of right off the bat for me. I got to say, uh, I, I remember seeing the original Spider-Man trilogy with uh, Tobey Maguire and crew. I thought those were, you know, okay movies. I They never hooked me like anything the MCU has ever done in terms of superhero movies, or even like if we want to shift gears to The Dark Knight. They were never on that level for me. I thought the Amazing Spider-Man movies were not very good overall, especially just it never, never got there. This just, 
it totally blew me away in terms of what I knew this character could be. And in, in Marvel and Kevin Feige and crew, they, they knew it and they nailed it. Um, John, your first viewing of Homecoming, what you right. recall. So this is the first, uh, the first film I was actually able to track down my ticket for in my Apple wallet. So this was uh, Thursday, July 6th at 7.30 p.m. I went with three other people, apparently. Um, so that was probably like my crew. And I'm sure other people had groups of tickets near us and stuff like that. So I saw it the day before it technically came out, but you know, that you, that's how it works nowadays. Um, my expectations were sky high, man. Uh, like I said before, the, the, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy is what got me into superheroes that I was, that was my bar, man. Like that was like the, the that was the, as, as good as it can get for many years for me. I was into the games. I was into the toys, everything, man. I was, I was all about Spider-Man. Um, and I, by the time the, the Andrew Garfield ones came out, I, I had, you know, been able to reflect and realize that those weren't perfect movies and I wasn't sure what to expect with those ones and those were fine or whatever. I liked, I liked a lot about, about those films, but we can talk about that a different day. Um, just coming off of civil war and, and knowing what Tom Howard can bring to the character, seeing some of the trailers, which we're going to, we're going to see in a little bit here. Um, I just, I, my expectations were sky high and they just blew them out of the water. Uh, that, that feel, I remember having so much fun in almost every 10 minutes, just thinking, Oh my God, they're doing it. They're doing it. They're doing it. And John, I get what you're saying about like maybe the first time watching and thinking it's a little corny. I totally see how that could have, like how you can have that, you know, perspective or that can come across that way. For me, it's like, dude, they're, they're nailing the high school Peter Parker. He's so awkward. He is so corny. These jokes are terrible and I love it. Like I, they, they just kept nailing it and the music choices behind all of that corniness was so good. And then, dude, I, I don't know. <laughs> There's no spoilers for a movie in 2017, but when we get that reveal that, that, the vulture is is uh the, the girl's dad i'm like oh that was one of like my all-time in theater movie moments of like holy holy crap dude like this is not i i didn't see that coming and nobody that i was with did either that was that was a bombshell for us so i i, I always think back to that moment as one of like my biggest like in theater crazy crazy moments so that's that's up there for me that first feeling like solidified it for me spoilers for the end of the show but solidified it for me as one of the top movies in the mcu yeah, I think you're uh, you're you're feeling what I was feeling there. Uh, we're gonna queue up the trailer in a moment. So if you're watching on YouTube, you'll get to watch our reactions as as we watch the the trailer. You'll just have to listen along if you're on the podcast format. But um, my first viewing, so again, very similar to Guardians. I was out of town for at least the first like five days, if not the first week that this came out. So I didn't get there right away. So I was radio silent. I was trying to stay away from everything. And oh my gosh, it was so painful not to get there because I wanted to see this so bad. But I ended up going, uh, you know, with our usual crew, minus the, the people who couldn't wait for me open night, which, hey, don't blame them at all. And uh, well worth the wait uh, of the, the few days to a week there. So, man, I just... This is a movie that I feel like I don't rewatch terribly often. We'll get to that later on. It's it's not as accessible, let's say, as some of the other MCU movies because of Disney Plus. But when I do watch it, it's one that I want to really make sure I'm I'm glued to and I'm not doing other things. I'm not having it on in the background. It's one where I kind of want to watch in peace and really take in every detail with it. John mentioned the the corny dynamic with uh nerdy high school Peter this is it. Tom Holland really, really did a good job in Civil War, but this is the the performance here. He he gets that squeak in the voice, that awkwardness, that shortness of breath, really makes you feel what it feels like to be a high schooler again. Just incredible job all the way around. Robert Downey Jr. is amazing as he always is in the MCU, but this is a new version of 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 what we see in Iron Man and Tony Stark. He's dead essentially. That father yeah, figure. Batman Beyond. 
Yes, and it's just it's so beautiful in so many ways. Uh, do you guys want to uh, get the trailer rolling? Yeah, we can do that. We can get that happening. All right. Uh, cool. You guys got it up? Yes, sir. All right, go ahead and play. What's up, guys? Wait a minute. You guys aren't the real Avengers. I can tell Hulk gives it away. Oh, that was awesome. Is Liz getting new top? No, we've seen that before. Never with that skirt. She probably stop staring before it gets creepy, though. Too late. You guys are losers. So to become an Avenger, are there like trials or an interview? Just don't do anything I would do. And definitely don't do anything I wouldn't do. There's a little gray area in there and that's where you operate. Oh. All right. That's not a hug. I'm just grabbing the door for you. All right, kid. Good luck out there. Listen, I know school sucks. Peter, you still with us? Uh, yeah, yeah. I know you want to save the world, but you're not ready yet. You're the Spider-Man. No, I'm not. I'm not. This is just a costume. This is from the ceiling. Stay close to the ground and stay out of trouble. Forget the flying monster guy. There are people who handle this sort of thing. I'm sick of him treating me like a kid all the time. But you are a kid. This is my chance to prove myself. Peter, what is going on with you? I'm really sorry. I'm so busy. I'm slammed. Don't mess with me. Because I will kill you and everybody you love. nailed it so they nailed it but this is one of those trailers where i vividly remember watching it when it first came out and i'm like dude you are showing me way too much uh you you just you just showed me three of the funniest moments in that movie and i know those are going to be the big punchlines and you just showed me the big shot of spider-man right at the end like he's doing the he's doing the uh toby mcguire pulling pulling the train together but he's doing it with a boat you just showed me that like i remember seeing that trailer and be like all right you sold me on the tone this is going to be awesome but don't show me this much stuff. And I know that's on Sony because Sony has all of the marketing rights to these films, uh, both the, the Spider-Man ones. And they just, they just, you just can't, can't leave nothing for you, man. Frustrating, but you're right. They did nail the tone. I feel like in the scheme of things, they really didn't though. Like the movie was consistently funny throughout. Sure. There was, you know, a big moment with the, the ship there, but I, I come back to the, and I'm, I'm going to talk about this as we get into my notes later on. the, the Adrian Toomes reveal that he is her father is was Huge. something that sticks with me big time. Like right. that incredible. So I, I think about that in hindsight now having seen the movie, but um, yeah, yeah I mean, like I, I thought it was, I, it was good with the eighties dynamic and it sets that tone. And it's like, Hey, this is a kid's movie. Oh, it also happens to be a Spider-Man movie. Right. I don't know. 
No, I, I, I get you. I, I mean, it didn't ruin the movie for me. Obviously, I still gushed about it. And I still, you know, hold it in high regard. It's, it's just a trailer. I'm just picky about that stuff. I just know when I see a trailer, I can feel like when you're giving me too much. And I remember seeing it back then and be like, all right, that, that was a lot. That, that, there was a lot of stuff going on there. I can tell that like these are different segments of the movies. and You just showed me a ton. But again, by the time it came out, I had forgotten about it. It's just something I'm picky about. At the time, it felt like every movie that was coming out or, or you know, they just lean a lot of companies led away from giving up too much in trailers like they did simple basic stuff in the trailers and then there's sony it's right. like and it's like you guys didn't have to do that it's an mcu why, movie. Why? Need, yeah you don't need to show you, a single commercial show the logo and it still makes 800 million dollars 100 percent you don't lose a single I mean, sale without showing that right that's it yeah and, and like i again we didn't we didn't know until actually going into the movie that that was going to be in there for sure but you just know because of sony i will say that there was there was <laughs> uh, a lot of unused dialogue in this trailer a couple of lines that yep. weren't you know yeah weren't in there it was pretty cool yeah. i would say their their misplacement of i guess the the voiceovers compared to the scene kind of helped in, the, in a way you right. know when, when tony's walking with tony or um peter and and yeah. obviously that's a different scene when they're actually talking so right. um yeah, overall, Sony's not not the best at giving out a trailer. So, and that is why it was very important for Marvel to be really, really involved in this. <laughs> so, I um, because you know how it goes if Sony runs the show here. We don't get this movie I, anywhere I still near seen Venom. <laughs> <laughs> I just have no interest in watching Venom. I don't know. Yep, I don't. I don't blame you. I have seen it. Um, it. It's not bad. No, I've it's heard, not bad. I've, I've heard mixed things. I've heard that it's like absolute, like bottom of the barrel dog water, and I've heard that like it's not bad. I don't saw neither of those two opinions make me want to go watch it. No, <laughs> no, there's nothing I could say that I think could sell you on going to see the movie. I enjoyed it for what it was worth, but I, I it's strong caveat. I do not like um, that was, uh, Tom. What's his name? What's the actor's name? Tom Hardy. I don't like Tom Hardy at all. I, I like actively well, dislike Tom Hardy's performances in movies, so that's part of the reason. You will definitely not like this movie. That's, there's yes. no way around and, it. And Sony's nine-minute tra- Sony's nine-minute trailer told me that I was not going to like him. Don't worry. And I'm pretty sure that movie's like an hour and twenty minutes max with the credits. <laughs> it's really, really short. So the, yeah. tra- so the trailer was longer, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think I watched this trailer and I think back about how Tom Holland was cast in this role. And if if you've never watched the Chef Show on Netflix. Go watch it. John Favreau. I love John Favreau. Like I would love to hang out with him for a day and just talk about things and eat like be in a kitchen, make food, have beer. Oh my gosh. That'd be like a dream come true. So in short, one of the episodes he has Robert Downey Jr., the Russo brothers and Tom Holland on, they, they go to a restaurant, they talk about the casting and it basically happened very quickly because of course, all of this came together very quickly where Sony and Marvel got together. Uh, and this is around the time of Civil War. So he comes in and screen tests with Robert Downey Jr. basically in the middle of production and then gets the job. Not only for that, but of course, for future Spider-Man movies, the Avengers, you name it. It's just unbelievable how it came together. Go watch it. It's in season one towards the end. Um, when do we get to how many times have we seen this movie? I, I want We know JT's answer. Well, he's seen the movie twice. Uh, John, you being kind of a... I would say a next tier Spider-Man fan from us. What what would you say? Probably like 15. 
I love this movie. <laughs> I watch Woo! this a lot. And in in wow. for someone like me who's such a big MCU fan, if you followed along with this podcast, I don't rewatch them a lot. I when I mm-hmm. rewatch them, I want them to be like a, a big thing. I like to rewatch them in order, and I don't want to. I don't want to dilute the experience. I really love these films a lot. Um, it, to trickle back to something you guys were talking about a little, a little earlier, it's kind of funny to me, and it makes a lot of sense now. But talking about how this movie isn't accessible. Um, to me, it was kind of the opposite because I was always buying the movies digitally right when they came out. I wanted to have the entire collection of those movies digitally. And for me, why it was so approachable was because it was the only MCU movie for the longest time in 4K with HDR because it was produced by Sony and Disney wasn't playing ball with that. Lots of stuff going on with Disney, Apple. And so for Disney, for, uh, 4K MCU movies didn't start happening until Disney Plus, really. A couple came out before, but whatever. So Spider-Man was always the movie for me that was like, all right, I've got my nice 4K HDR TV. I'm sitting down, I'm watching Spider-Man tonight. So like, it's funny that, you know, for you guys, it was never around because yeah. it wasn't accessible. But for me, it was like always there and always my go-to. Um, regardless, I had the disc anyways, but convenience of digital is great. So 15 times, like eight times because of the movie and then set in like seven times because of the 4K HDR. We kind of... So it sounds about right. Kinda... Two, two <laughs> okay. of them, two of them for Aunt May for the most part, maybe. Fair enough. Aunt May 4K, yes, oh. love it. So, um, I I don't know, JT. I want to ask you about this. Almost a little tangent. I so I would buy every Blu-ray and MCU as soon as they came out. Um, uh, obviously, as I switched to 4K a little bit later on. Um, and that's how I am with Star Wars and really not many other movies. I always, I do like the, the hard copy of things. I know John in a lot of cases likes the, the digital copies. Uh, like JT, where do you stand on that? Are you a mix? Do you, do you care one way or another on the physical so versus digital? On, I used to be big on the physical. Um, I just kind of veered away from where, where and how I watch anything. Um, like I have an Amazon fire cube for my main, I guess, setup. And I used to watch everything through my gaming systems, but now I don't, right? So, like, my gaming systems and stuff is all in my office now. And I typically, if I'm watching movies, I like to watch in the living room with the TV. So, um, yeah, just kind of veered away from, like, different technology and obviously nowhere to put a disc in. So, I kind of just stopped buying it. Digitally, I'll buy it. Um, I don't own the entire MCU, though. I probably should. I don't know why I don't. Well, nowadays, Disney, Disney Plus. Disney Plus right. now. Yeah, now out of all times, for sure. But if you're speaking to back then, I just, you know, it kind of kind of veered away once I start, you know, got away from the using the system to watch stuff. So, John says 15 times he's seen the movie. JT's seen it, too. I got to land smack dab probably in the middle. I, I, I would have to factor probably about eight times. Usually, if I'm watching this, it's a part of one of the rewatches as I build up to the next MCU movie that's coming out. Um, and as I've said, I've, I've, it's, it's been more of like a digestion with me. This is a movie where I really want to sit and focus and, and watch it lights out, no one around, you know, daughters in bed. This is one that I, I really want to be glued to. Whereas maybe, maybe a guardians, I could, as much as I love it, I could have it on in the background, but because it, it's so fun and it's like, you, do, you don't need all the details. This one, you don't want to miss a thing despite it being kind of that fun, loving, easygoing movie. Um, Favorite non-title character. I could go first and steal the show, and maybe I should because I never go first with this anymore. Go ahead, do but it, do it. Go ahead. I'm guys. You know what? I could go a number of directions, but no, I'm gonna go, go with all the way. I'm going with Adrian. Adrian Toomes is my guy. Michael Keaton, man, holy crap! I mean, we know Michael Keaton's a good actor, but good. this is, you know, you get so. As we've talked about, so many big name actors that get into these movies and cameos and sometimes just these little parts. He's a very prominent character. And the word I, I would best use to describe him is presence. Oh, yeah. Man. Commands a scene in this ba- movie. 
Yes, he balances this movie out and he is he's all in the character there. There's there's almost it, it's incredible acting. Uh, as much as I would love to say Robert Downey Jr. is my guy in this movie, got to go with Adrian. Just awesome all around. I didn't know what to expect. I see in the trailer there that he, he gives that line about how he's going to kill Peter and if he goes too far along with everyone he loves. And I'm like, okay, come on. It's a tried and true villain. Get him the hell out of here. But when we see the movie and we see his motivations for what he does, the MCU, especially in the later MCU movies, does a good job not justifying, but at least giving you insight into why a villain does what they do. And I can say here, Guys, he's doing what he's doing for his family, right. first and lo- foremost. They set that up so well at the opening scene and the way that he's got this great job and this great opportunity. Totally. It's just ripped away from him. It's just ripped away. and That's the opening scene of a Spider-Man film, and we find out why, and they make it matter so much. But how realistic does that feel, too? Like, here we go. If superheroes existed, they're the ones making the mess. Oh, and they're cleaning it. They're getting paid to clean it up, too. Right, right. BS. I love that. All of that. Such great motivation for this guy. Uh, loved him in, in, in Vulture, but really loved him in those, those smaller sequences, whether it's with his family or with his crew and how he, he uh, he's like a mechanic almost, right? right? How he operates with them. And then, you know, we could talk about that car scene with, with Peter all day long, but Dude, my intense. goodness, just absolutely intense. One of my favorite MCU characters uh, in terms of villains. So that, that's my guy. I had to go first here. But many good characters to pick from. John, we already know you're going to pick Aunt May. Just kidding. Uh, John, why don't we go to you next, though? Uh, I just want to touch on what we kind of just talked about before I go into my character and the, the sure. fact that, the, that, that, that world building with, uh, with what happened after the, you know, the, the battle in Avengers 2012. This movie does a great job filling in some little gaps that we probably wouldn't have gotten from another mainline Avengers movie or from an Iron Man movie. They, we're back in 2012. We're seeing somebody has to clean up this mess. We're seeing the fact that Tony Stark, you know, built this committee or whatever to take care of it. Um, later, we're seeing the move from Avengers Tower to upstate New York so they don't have to, you know, give us that as a one-off dialogue piece in the next Avengers film as to why they're no longer in New York. So I love how this movie, while being a Spider-Man story, Gives you those little. He really has nothing to do with the Avengers in these in these in this movie. I mean, he's very much told he's not an Avenger, and that his the, the problems he's dealing with are so minuscule that we're not going to deal with that. But we still get some story progression for like the overall MCU. Just small stuff, but cool stuff. Well, um, as I said, no stone left unturned. Very carefully detailed, and they build that. If they didn't do this right, it would just feel like oh, they're tying in the Avengers just because they can. But they didn't. They right. made it very meaningful. I mean, like Happy is a wonderful character in this movie as part of all of that. Just just priceless. Speaking anyway, back Happy, to you, John. You, you nailed it. Happy's Happy is my non-titular character, man. Yes. I love Happy in this movie. I mean, you, you talk about John Favreau, we all love him and, and you know, he he obviously had his acting debut, not debut, but his, you know, his his presence in the MCU was already felt before this movie, but I feel like this is where like we get the Happy that we all know and love. He's got so much development. I guess that's not true. Iron Man 3 Happy was pretty awesome too. But I I just I it's more of that. I, Happy's so good in this. He he's Peter Parker's point person, but he's also his babysitter and like his levels of frustration and comedy with all that. I just love seeing happy on screen this much. It was awesome. Dude. Great selection. I rolled the dice there as a segue and I'm happy it paid off. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. Nailed it. I I had multiple Uh, options and I think I probably wouldn't have gone with happy if you didn't set that up so perfectly. I probably would have gone with flash, but um, that's out there. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. JTR. Would would you have chosen flash? Just no. 
that it, you guys, John, you guys picked the two. I, I would, pay, I would that. pick. Uh, I got. I'll talk about Flash for a second. He's, I, 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 he's perfect. Like he's such a good. Uh, high school bully that's not over the top is like yeah. lovable but like uh, you know you, you have a high school bully in every Spider-Man movie right and yeah. he's always this jock and he's there's nothing redeemable about him Flash is so funny dude like I don't know we, we've all been there in situations where we're picking on somebody we probably shouldn't be when we're, when we're young young dumb kids you can sure. see how you can see how Flash is funny enough where it's like uh, penis Parker like you know it, it's <laughs> he's just charming you know it, it, nothing's like He's not over the top. He's not starting fist fights with Peter in the middle of the in the middle of the hallways like we saw in the the other Spider Man films. I think Flash is super funny. We've all been there. We've had those people probably. You know, I say pick on us. Like nothing's over the line there, and he knows he can handle it. And how he is at the party as the DJ is pretty funny. Uh, running in the the hotel like when he slaps Peter's butt. Like this is the proverbial like high school prick, right? right. Like it's just it, it, yeah, you're right, John. He really but nails he's funny. that. <laughs> he is funny. Uh JT, who is so, the non-title character? You guys took two the two of mine that oh. I would have gone with. Uh <laughs> but let's go with the simple and basic, you know, Tony Stark, who doesn't love Robert Downey. Uh, kind of Perfect. speaking to what you guys said earlier. Uh, definitely taking on a different type of role. I feel like as far as a father figure, he didn't figure maybe maybe a little uh, premonition towards him becoming a dad in the future of the MCU. Who knows? But uh, no, I just love the dyna- dynamic they had. Uh, clearly shown. I mean, I remember specifically that um, tryout for for Tom Holland when he when he auditioned. No, not tryout. Uh, clearly went into the film pretty easy and, and they had a good rapport so uh i just just love it you see it throughout the mcu you see it here um you obviously see it in, in civil war before this so uh robert downey all day who doesn't love robert downey i think he's so perfectly used in this in this movie because like it, it, he could have easily stolen the show and been and been there too much right like we could have easily gotten right. a spider-man movie but it's like all right we got a spider-man movie but like you know, it was all about Iron Man. He, he stole the show and he was just like right. not having him there physically in that first, the uh, first little appearance, I think was like really clever, but also right. it, it, thematically it works so well because Peter wasn't ready to do this alone for a very long time. And we got to see him struggle. And when he, when he needed the help, right. RDJ was there. Uh, we, we had, we had the support system and, you know, at the end of the movie it comes full circle and things go well, but I just thought they, they v- very smartly used Robert Downey Jr. and Iron Man in this movie. Yeah. They they knew that no matter how how few and far between the scenes were, that they were still going to be super impactful and meaningful to the film, right? Like right. they just know, you know, you can have two scenes, you can have ten lines, you're still going to be as impactful if you were in the whole movie because you're Robert Downey freaking Jr. So um, it's just you know I think they knew that and they played it right, and I'm surprised in a way. I, I don't know how much. Uh, I guess the question for both of you: How much creative control did or if any did Sony have? I mean, almost none. That was my assumption, right? Marketing uh, and just making money off it is my was my understanding. Pub, they published the right. film and they marketed it. Yep. Okay. So good job, MCU. Sony, you get nothing. What a relationship. Like what a deal that is. Because Sony makes out <laughs> from that, you know, financially. And Marvel gets to to use that character and really further invest in the greater MCU. Uh, we talk about Robert Downey Jr.'s role in this and how it really could have been too little. It could have been more cameo, and then it could have been too much. And they resisted that temptation. I mean, I think of like the cover of the movie and like, right. that's how it, it could have ended up poorly if this is how the movie went, but it didn't. It was that the, as, as always with the MCU, it's, it was written in how it should have been. 
right. not just for this movie, but for future installments as we got to Avengers and other Spider-Man films. And you speak about the cover. It's exactly how it shouldn't have been. Thanks, Sony. Terrible. Exactly. They're just so... They're, I'll get all the posters for this movie and even Far From Home. They're just so bad. I, I, talk about I can't wait to see uh, the next one. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be soon. So... In shifting gears, before we get to my notes, I want to get to that moment. That whether it's a quote, an individual uh, performance, or even the an action sequence, what kind of stuck out to you? Because we made JT go last last time. JT, why don't we go first for this? Is there any specific moment or quote that just rings most prominent in your mind? I know we spoke about the original trilogy Spider-Man movies. One thing I liked about those, and I kind of go semi-tangent here, um, the impact of the fight scenes and how you almost felt how how much he was getting beat, and 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 the, like I guess the what do you call that? The cinematography, cinematography of it. Sure. Uh, I love that fight scene at the end. First, you know, the final scene fighting Vulture. I mean, they they played that. I don't know what they did in terms of like sound and music and all this stuff. Obviously, specifically. Um, but I, I almost felt like I was in that fight with Peter, the pain he was feeling. And, um, you know, even a little before that, when he got stuck under the building and everything, too, like that was like it just all perfect. Like I, I felt I'm like, oh, no, like I literally said, oh, no, like like I didn't. I literally told Dude. my wife when we were watching it together. Like I watched this already, you know, even though I only watched it one time. But I'm saying, oh, no, like I like is he OK? Like, you know what I mean? Right. Like it was super impactful and i don't know how or why that was specifically as far as like filming and things like that um but i i just love that final scene it was it was great i'll tell you why that scene specifically was so impactful it was tom holland's performance dude every time i watch that scene when he's crushed under that building sure. and he, when he yells out help it is one of the most devastating yes. things in this movie or in the mcu okay, like then, it's just no it's it, right. it is so and, and you think about cinematography nothing is happening it is just a dead shot there's no music from what i remember it's just a cold blue room and it's just him struggling and like the whole weight of the world is on him and it he failed in his head at the point at that moment and he's right. either got to put up or shut up and we, we see his struggle man and that's the, i think that's the moment where he kind of really turns the like can i be an avenger Yes, I got this. I got this. But man, right, that, that, right. that struggle was brutal. That could have easily been my moment. Uh, just just that just that right there, him him being stuck under there. Specific part. Right. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. Definitely the performance by him is just just amazing. Easily a top moment for me. A very intense moment. And uh when I watched this, um I was you know, particularly watching this portion on my phone in the car, it's a dark scene. There's a glare and you really, you know, I couldn't really see totally what was going on. And I love that the audio sense of this really got enhanced. So essentially I'm staring at, you know, a blank phone and hearing Tom Holland scream in that, in that part. I know exactly what's going on. Cause I've seen this a hundred eight times I said, but the intensity and emotion there is is something that you, you can't just capture. Like the, the, I'm not saying it would have been messed up, but this was next level with how good it was. He, right. he really dug down deep to get there. John, I'm going to let you go next because I've got a moment in mind and I've got a, a few backups in case it's taken. So why don't you go? Yeah, I'll, I'll go with the reveal. That That's for me. I mean, I, I think back to that, that first viewing in theaters and, and, w- and when we finally realized that Liz's dad is 
uh, is the vulture, Adrian Toomes. He opened, and it's it's just done so well. You talk about cinematography and the way that was shot. It, they 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 fooled everybody, man. Like everything's going so well, you don't expect the door to open and for this movie to entirely change right there. I just remember it being such a jaw dropping moment. And every time I watch it, obviously I know it's coming, but I get to remember what it felt like back then when I saw it for the first time. Um, so it's something that will always stick with me. It's just that they did they did such a good job, man. It's so well crafted. My stomach twisted like i felt sick for a second that doesn't happen to me in movies ever and i remember lauren my wife uh sat next to me and basically jumped <laughs> uh like a scary movie it turned quickly there my goodness gracious never saw that coming everybody in the theater gasped like that was that was so cool we were feeling what tom holland was feeling there or peter right. parker i should say yeah, yeah. like dude how good is he in that scene let's talk about that real quick so He's just staring at Adrian like an awkward teenager, right? Yeah. But not because he's dating the daughter, because, mm. oh my gosh, this guy's going to kill him if he figures out who he is. Right, and that, that speaks to like the awkwardness and, and the, the, the inexperience of, of Pete as this character and as the superhero. He handled that terribly in hindsight. Like He, he had zero poker face. He was like shaking in his boots. Like It was very clear that if he asked the right question, which he did, or just gave up the right information, that he was going to be found out, and like he had no control of that situation, couldn't hide it for a second. And that's what a dumb 15-year-old kid would do. Honestly, it's part of the growth, right? To be an Avenger, let alone a man. But uh, also you can play into like when he meets Aaron Davis in the parking lot and Aaron Davis says, you're not very good at this area. Yeah. (laughs) You got to, you got to work on this part of the job, man. Yeah. Like just beautiful stuff. Anyway. um, My moment is after the boat scene, with the one-on-one with Tony Stark and it's such such leadership, such fatherhood, if you will, from Tony Stark there. And the way he talks, and it's it's just awesome. But the, the line that captures it for me is, if you're, if you're nothing without the suit, then you shouldn't have it. And you think back about Iron Man's original movie, the adventure that he went through in a lot of it. And it's just you everything that Iron or Tony Stark is trying to teach Peter is based on his experience, whether it was his personal experience in becoming a superhero, like an Avenger, or his experience with his dad, his own dad. And I think all of it actually just molds beautifully. And I think what's funny to me is I've had some friends in different circles who hated this dynamic. We're like, why is, why is Tony Stark like the father figure? Like, that's never, that's never been a thing. I'm like, I don't give a crap if it's ever been a thing. I don't care if it was a thing. Yeah. The way that it's playing out here in the MCU, especially with those two guys in, in Holland and in RDJ who have just this incredible chemistry who bring really good writing to a great level of writing. It blows my mind that anyone has a problem with that to each their own. But to me, that is crazy. Never been a thing. Want to know what's ever been a thing? A cinematic universe, 24 movies wrong, getting everything right. <laughs> like, you kidding me? That's right. That's right. Um, okay, let's, let's get into the notes. There's a lot, a lot here that I want you guys to just, you know, interrupt me, just dive into stuff because there's so much good here. I didn't think I was going to take many notes on this movie, but I just, sorry guys. Sorry. I just kept going. You have to, you have to, I had to more than I took for guardians. I'll say I even took notes and I don't do that. Yes. All right. John, I've, John I've gone, used to in the early MCU. I did, but I've gone through most of what I, you know, I, I just kind of planned it out throughout. That's, that's right. Um, so I'm saying this tongue in cheek. I love how we get two intros. 
out with Sony's intro, then it cuts off, and then we get the MCU montage, <laughs> and that's when the movie really kind of starts. The real one, yeah. Uh, yeah. I always thought that that was interesting, but it, it kind of shows the partnership there, so I, I respect it. Um, during the Marvel intro, we get the best arrangement musically of the Spider-Man theme I've ever heard. It is my favorite. Very good. I could just listen to it on on repeat. Yeah, what a good what a good way to start, like the the opening note, right? Like just to get you get you going. Yes. Uh in the the beginning, we see what happens to Adrian Toomes' company there, which is garbage. Right. Uh, but what rings in my head is Tony Stark's quote on creating your own demons, as he says in Iron Man three. To a degree, he he creates this demon because. He creates, you know, granted, the Avengers are saving the world, by the way. And Tony is trying to do a good thing by creating this uh, Department of of Damage Control, something like that, um, where they clean up stuff. He's really doing a good thing. But there's always two sides to every story. And in this case, he's creating this this villain in Adrian Toomes that you wouldn't foresee coming. So that, that quote always rings in my head. Uh, Peter's home video at the beginning is great for so many reasons. I've got a few. First, it establishes the happy relationship (laughs) and how just pissed off and annoyed he is at Peter all the time. It reinforces quickly. We heard about it and we saw it in Civil War. We were told this, that it was going to be this way, but this reinforced it, that Peter is a kid. This is the kid Spider-Man we we really didn't get in the the past iterations of Spider-Man. It ties in Civil War and gives you the wonderful alternate perspective. I love that the cameras roll in there, so we see a lot of what was going on in Civil War. Dude, I just I love room. that. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. and him freaking out and and then vlogging essentially. Yes, uh, uh, happy going. The walls are thin. Just all of it's great. Uh, and then point point number four here. Reason number four. Uh, RDJ saying, "May, what are you wearing? Something skimpy, I hope." Is. <laughs> Let's talk about Aunt May real quick. What what are our feelings on this this version of Aunt May? I love it, man. It's just such a different take on Aunt May, right? Like Aunt, Aunt May and Uncle Ben have always, as far as I've you know consumed Spider Man content, been an older you know late late sixties type people to, to kind of have this take on it. You've got this you've got this fifteen year old kid. Of course, his aunt could be in her you know in her forties and be attractive. That that's very plausible. So it's just a, a really cool really cool take on it, and it's it's used very well with the comedic timing with you know Tony and even Happy to a degree, right? Like that doesn't come for a little later, but that's there. I always talk about the MCU being really self aware. That is one of those moments to me that they they acknowledge that she's this young hot thing, right? right. In relation to our old iterations of Aunt May. And just, of course, who better to call that out than Tony Stark? Right. Uh, um, two things. Oh, go, ahead. You go, go ahead. Before you go further, dude, the, I, this is like a theme throughout this whole movie. I can't believe I haven't touched on yet. Self-awareness is what this movie is all about. Like, just think about, think about the title of this movie, Homecoming. Like, that, they picked that movie for a reason. Spider-Man is back in the hands of Marvel, man. Like, they are finally making another... Like, what doesn't really, it doesn't really make much sense for the rest of the movie, you know, for the actual theme of this film, other than the fact that he's in high school. Like, it's very deliberate in the sense that, like, all right, he's back. We've got him. We're making another another true, true Spider-Man movie. Um, What was the thing you just said about... Uh, what did you mention about... Um, I just lost uh, it. We were talking about Aunt May being self-aware. 
self-awareness. I had another point I was going to go into, but I'm sure I can get back to it. I lost it. Go on to your next I'm point. I'm sure it'll come back. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, two points down the line, I had the homecoming point. I think it is just, it was so perfect when that was announced. And I knew nothing about the movie, but that it was homecoming. It was that Spider-Man's coming back home, baby. Of course, it's great that there's a homecoming dance going on, right? It's just it's just a nice little quirky way to, to make that happen or tie that in. But uh, two things with Pete and Tony's exchange in the car were funny to me. Not just funny, but a little bit symbolic and meaningful later on as we get into the, the later movies. Uh, Pete goes to, to hug Tony. But of course, it's not a hug. So, right? Like, that's, that's kind of a funny, awkward moment. What's great, though, is that, of course, Tony hugs Pete in, in Endgame when they get reunited. Oh, that's that's a nice little... <laughs> yeah. It's a nice little circle. Coming full circle there. Yeah. Uh, right. And then Pete asks if he's an Avenger. Uh, which he's not, right? Like, RDJ is... Or Tony Stark is strict on that. Uh, of course, in Infinity War, he, he does the the knighting on the ship and he says you're an avenger so those two little moments end up getting kind of rectified later on um throughout my notes here you're gonna this is gonna shock the audience i'm gonna talk about little star wars tie-ins so it's clear from civil war that peter parker is a star wars fan which is great and it's great cross promotion for disney um the the lego uh, death star is just super freaking awesome to be like we i think we've all been there we've been you know not necessarily with the death star but your friend got that new lego set or it was you and you want to build it i just love that it ends up being star wars um mj's line is hysterical early on in the movie i'm not obsessed with him i'm just very observant <laughs> she i was not totally into her character the first few times i saw this but she grew on me more and more and especially as we got into far from home um i don't know how you guys felt about mj in this for me it was a slow burn but it wasn't a slow burn until it wasn't a slow burn in the sense that i had to rewatch the movie it just didn't happen until close to the end where i was fully sold in her character um kind of like you know one of the final scenes of the movie where where she gets the you know to be the captain of the debate team she kind of like brings in all of the awkward vibes and, uh, and all everything she's been putting out there. She kind of wraps it up very well, you know, and you kind of get a sense that like, you know, I didn't have any friends in, in, until now. I, I thought that was pretty well done. I, I think that's, that's where they were going for. Like, she was, you know, the awkward girl on the outside. She's, you know, close enough to Peter and Ned, but like, she's not necessarily friends with them. So she's kind of just like this, this weird girl over there. And I, th- and I thought they tied it up pretty well. And I think we obviously with the reveal that she goes by MJ and, you know, the fact that, she was now f- friends with uh, Ned and Peter. We knew she was going to be a, a bigger part in these movies, and that that evolved very well. It was really good too yeah. um, that they differentiated her from past Spider-Man versions of this character, just like they did with Aunt May, right? And then Ned to to me is is really a new character. So the the way they they did all of that was a good way of not just establishing their own Spider-Man, but just kind of slowly separating what they had in in, in the past. We'll say watching Far From Home for me made me like MJ more in this. Like Far From no, Home, no doubt. like watching Homecoming, I didn't like her as a character at all. Uh, but watching Far From Home and then going back to Homecoming now, definitely, definitely liked it more. JT, maybe that is why I like her more. As as we've watched it more, of course, Far From Home came out in the middle of all those rewatches for me. Um, so I think that's a pretty good point. On uh, on the shelf in Peter's room. He's not just a Star Wars fan, but specifically Empire Strikes Back. As he references in Civil War, you've got uh, Luke in his his rebel orange outfit there. Uh, you've got Princess Leia from the shelter on Hoth. 
there's uh, some of the bounty hunters. Just these these little things throughout the movie. Man, I just love it. Um, this, you know, I don't know if I just glossed over this the first few times I watched it, but when uh, we're seeing on the TV the news talk about Spider-Man saving the day with the ATM there, um, I think it's hysterical that the picture they have of him is him coming out of a porta potty. Like, that's just it's ridiculous and stupid, and it's so quick. Right. I noticed that a couple times. Yeah, it wasn't my first viewing when I noticed that either. I remember being like, oh, that's funny. Um, it, there's more Civil War tie-ins. They're talking about the so- Sokovia Accords in history class, I presume. Yeah. Uh, or maybe so, you know, some sort of so- social studies. Of course, there's, as I mentioned, no stone left unturned on the bus as Peter's answering his question, uh, his trivia question as they're, they're practicing. His involves vibranium. Tie into Black Panther there. I think the movie, in, talk, in terms of self-awareness, it makes fun of Peter's opportunity to kiss Liz upside down. Right. Right? Like, that's 100% a callback to the very classic scene from the original Spider-Man uh, where uh, Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunn's kiss. I, I love it so much. They're like, Peter, this is your opportunity. And it lingers long enough that I'm sitting there in the theater going, oh my gosh, they're actually going to do this. And then, of course, he falls. <laughs> that's great. Gosh, I love all of that. Just this, these, these nods, some subtle, some not so much. Uh, the teacher in the interview afterwards where he says, uh, I couldn't bear to lose a student on a field trip. Not, not again. again. <laughs> what? <laughs> what a wonderful performance that is. Of course, Aaron Davis. Uh, we got Donald Glover there. So we got the Miles Morales drop. Of course, we know he exists in this universe. Can't wait to see where that eventually goes. Down I really the hope line. it goes somewhere. I really hope that goes somewhere. I hope this wasn't just like a, an Easter egg. I just hope that that Marvel and Sony like figure this out for the long term because I, I I really need to see what a what an MCU Miles Morales looks like, man. I think my, it's my it, best. Sorry, oh, sorry, Joe. Oh, um, go ahead, JJ. My my best guess would be the agreement would be the MCU can keep Miles and they'll go ahead and do their own thing with Peter. That that's. I'm, the best I'm, scenario, and, and I'm good with it. That that gives us a Spidey for good. Uh, at this point, I think Miles would be way too young. I think he'd be like four or five or something like that. Um, yeah, but obviously, we got we got but... some years. Or well, who knows? They, they did the six years in advance. Obviously, when Peter disappeared too. So, right. Um, who knows? That that can all be explained later. But I I think that they didn't just throw the Easter egg for no reason. Miles oh, is going to no. be involved to some degree. Well, um, I, I just I, hope, I think they I just could hope, have. I think they could have easily planted that. It's not even Easter egg. It's a, it's a confirmation that they have, you know, well, have plans well, to do for it. Sure. Right. But I think I yeah, think yeah. it's I think it could be something that misses with this relationship. I think it's possible that it doesn't go that far. I just hope I'm wrong. You know, I hope I hope they can work it out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Again. Mm-hmm. In my mind, the only thing that stands in the way of this happening is that relationship from Sony. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Otherwise, right. it's you know, put it in, put it in the books. Um, I mean, we saw the fallout after homecoming you know i mean a little bit later on but we almost weren't gonna get a third spider-man movie here like oh my gosh remember what a dark time that was to be like are you kidding me we're really ruining this right now or that might have been post infinity or uh end game i think it was it post end game it was at least post infinity war and far- no it had to be because it was post uh fire from home so yes 100 percent. yeah so Man, that was all such a bummer. And it was like, just right. figure this out. Of course, rumor had it that Tom Holland got those those groups together. Who knows? Right. But man, just I hope that this upcoming movie is not the last one we get. There's just 
it's too good. Sony and Marvel just figure it out. Right. Uh, of course, that, that Aaron Davis scene is kept by the comment that he has ice cream in the car and he can't move his hand for two hours. That's great. Yep. I already mentioned my moment uh, of the movie. If you're nothing without that suit that or this suit, then you shouldn't have it. My bullet point here literally just says, holy crap, when Adrian opens the door. Yeah, we uh, I think talked it's fun- about that. We did. I, I think it's funny that Peter can't drive, but just further reinforces the point that he's a kid and he's only done a little bit with Aunt May. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk about this one. I don't. I maybe I'm looking too far into it. Happy mentions uh, there's a prototype for Cap's new shield. Mm. Yeah, so, I don't know if that ever came to fruition. Or yeah, or is this this is shield uh, that he that that Stark gave him in Endgame? That's what I was thinking. Because remember, the shield in Civil War was destroyed. So it's probably just like new shield. The one he has in Infinity War is from Wakanda. Yeah. That's not a capsule. My thought was... Well, the Endgame one he gave him at at the Avengers Avengers facility is probably the prototype he was talking about. I I think, at least. That's what I think, too. Timeline-wise, that would make the most sense. Right. Because it's a nice little planting there because it's like, all right, Tony Stark... He he knows he's got to salvage this relationship at some point, and I like that he's already kind of working on the the behind the scenes to replace that shield. Right, right. So that's cool. Did, yeah, you mentioned Thor. Was it Thor's magic belt or something like that? Yeah, I'm sure that has like a. What the heck is that? Or something? Yeah, I'm yeah. Sure there's got to be some comic. kind of reference. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I, I don't know. And usually I dig into stuff like that, but I for this specific instance I did. He's got a, he's got a hammer name, and he couldn't pronounce it. Yeah, exactly. Happy not being able to pronounce it was amazing. Like he was like, the magic belt. <laughs> that's a hundred percent a thing uh, in the comics. Oh, yeah, that, yeah it's like be. they always joke that Mjolnir is meow meow or meow meow. Like they can't meow say meow. it. Like I, right, that's right. that's totally a thing. Right. Um, I love the parallels as I mentioned earlier too between Iron Man one and this. Uh, you know, a lot of Peter's journey reflects what we saw with Tony Stark and become an Iron Man, but Peter just makes different choices. And Tony even says that. He, he says, I, th- I thought you could be better, uh, which is a beautiful thing. But uh, ironically enough, both of them have the uh, kind of the, the run-in to shut down weapons going to the enemy or to bad guys, right? Like Tony Stark shuts down the weapons division that he for his company after he realizes they're going to people overseas that should not have them. And in this case, we're seeing um, a little bit of the, the same thing here. What's also great is the, the, the ending of this movie. So Tony Stark, of course, at the end of Iron Man 1, it's so epic. He gets in front of the reporters and he, he goes for it. He says, I am Iron Man, right? His ego. He wants that publicity to say, yep, I'm Tony Stark, but I'm also freaking Iron Man. Uh, Peter Parker decides to be better. He keeps that identity concealed and he doesn't reveal it. He doesn't go into that press conference that he thinks is a test, but there's really a room full of reporters just like there was in Iron Man one. I thought I love that. And Tony Stark's reaction there is validation. And he knows right then and there that Peter Parker can be better than he was when he had that same choice. What, what symmetry there? So uh, question um, to kind of piggyback off that. Sokovia Accords, did they um, have to publicly acknowledge who they were, like Tony? Or did the government just need to know their non-superhero identities? Hmm. Yeah, It's kind of interesting when you think about the end of Far Far From Home when it's revealed to the world that Peter's Mm -hmm. Spider-Man. I'm just wondering if if Peter decided to walk in that room, would everybody have just known right away? Good question. Yeah, I don't know. 
You know what I mean? It's kind of interesting. I don't know. I just yeah. kind of yeah. thought about it randomly, but right. Yeah, that's always been like a Spider-Man thing to keep that identity. Right. Well, if he, if he right. became an Avenger, what do you? What do you I mean, still he, have? in the real Civil War, like the comic line, Spider-Man died, but he agreed to the courts. So, I'm just interesting. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's definitely interesting. Uh, two last things here. Um, again, in Peter's room, as we're getting a pan at the end of the movie, we see really epic original versions of the the X-wing toy and the AT-AT. Again, more Star Wars callbacks. And then, of course, May ends the movie epically uh, as she realizes what's going on with Peter. Uh, and then in the, the post-credit or the mid-credit scene, I love that Adrian does not blow Peter Parker's identity in. Uh, just just a nice, some respect nice there. little... He's, he's got some heart despite you know the, the things he's done. So those are my Spider-Man notes. John, what did I miss? Captain America, man. Are you kidding me? Those Captain America, those educational videos, especially led by Hannibal Burris, dude, are you kidding? Like, so, so good. I'm pretty sure this guy's a war criminal now, but I gotta, I gotta play these things. So fun. So, so unexpected and just like a little, another perfect way to, to, to bring in a, a big name and, you know, not have to pay him the big bucks and make the movie about him, but those were so funny. Because like, that's, you know, if there were superheroes, that's how it would, that's how it would go. You would get a Captain America, the, the perfect guy. He'd be the one telling you about, you know, sex ed and that kind of stuff. Like, it's it's perfect <laughs> and i remember watching that and obviously it was great because right we get iron man and cap in this movie in some capacity and that was the perfect use for cap but i was like i was like contract counting at this point because i'm like oh gosh these guys are like we're getting to the end I'm like oh no this counts this counts towards chris evans mega contract uh, yeah. yeah so uh, for me uh, the one thing that uh, I guess that caught my attention was, well, going back again to the Amazing Spider-Man with Garfield, they were getting ready to set. I don't know if you guys remember or not. They're gonna, they're going to ready to set up the Sinister Six. Yep. Yep. Um, before they ended it, the MCU kind of threw like three characters at us right away for it: Shocker and and uh, Vulture and Scorpion at the end. So mm-hmm. it's just really cool. I think like you know all these other movies were needed multiple to try to figure that out. And now here we are. And who knows? It could be a multiversal, uh, sinister six coming in December. We'll see. Right. But look at the way they did it. The, the subtle way, like, all right, here's these characters, so subtle. right? Like shocker might just be like a small so little moniker for this guy. It might not <laughs> exactly. matter. And like this guy never, right. might never come to fruition, but like, look at the way they try to do it. In Amazing Spider-Man two. It's like, boom in your face here's the sinister stick coming next like ugh, like yeah yeah literally put a poster up like exactly <laughs> so they're, they're they're doing the right things yeah it's the mcu way guys it is <laughs> any any other notes i missed i think we got it i think we got all right. it all all right fellas before we get to ranking this I want to mention one one more time here. The show is presented by Fantastic, our wonderful friends over at 26 Shirts, led by Del Reed, our, our good friend. Uh, go to 26shirts.com. Check out what they've got going on. They've raised $1.1 million to date in, in really a few years' time that goes straight to charities, to families in need, to individuals in need. Every shirt, uh, a percentage of that goes to those individuals, and boy, do they do a lot of good for the community. It's beautiful beautiful thing del reed you inspire a lot of us we're we're lucky to be your friend we know you're you're listening to this episode we can't wait to have you on for what's coming next but guys the mcu rankings here i you know i was worried a little bit i think john was too jt i, I feel like worried. we're more on the same i think we're more on the same page here and it's so funny because i texted each of you individually i was like 
I didn't want to get in a group. I was like, what's going on here? Where, uh, how do you kind of feel about the movie? Um, it, it was bizarre. I've never done that for these movies, but I texted, <laughs> texted each. Uh, so, uh, yep, go ahead. Sorry, that, real quick. John was 100% right to be worried before I did this rewatch. <laughs> no way you were. What's you, funny? You know, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad it went that way, though. You knew. I left it went really well. <laughs> I was like, you know, that's fine. With John, I was like, dude, don't worry. You only need one vote. <laughs> you only need me. Um, so this is officially, as it stands right now, no Black Widow, no 2021 MCU movies. We're a third of the way through. Or two-thirds of the way through. Two-thirds, excuse I was me. say, yeah, we passed that. Uh, yeah, two-thirds of the way through. Movie number 16 on our rankings. John, if you want to cue it up and, and give us a quick recap as we get into this. Right, right. So we've got them up now. Um, and for the record, I, I know I only need one vote to go so far, but we'll see how far that vo- that vote goes. Um, yeah. So I've got I've got the rankings up here. Uh, number one, we still have Captain America: Civil War. Number two, Guardians Volume Two. Number three, Guardians. Number one. Uh, number four, we've got the Avengers. Number five, we've got Avengers: Age of Ultron. Number six, Captain America: Winter Soldier. Number seven, Iron Man. Number eight, Iron Man Three. Number nine, Ant Man. 10, Doctor Strange, 11, Iron Man 2, 12, Captain America, the first Avenger, 13, Thor, 14, Thor, Dark World, and number 24, The Incredible Hulk. And do you just want to move Hulk to 28? <laughs> we can probably do that, but hey, man, we, we got to, you know, we got to judge him fairly. We got to do things right. Exactly. Uh, guys, I'm looking at the list. Winter Soldier is going to fall out of the top 10. There's not, a, there's, it's a no doubter, and I'm so happy about it. <laughs> so upset about it. I'll, 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 I'll find a way to, to make sure it stays in. No, so, we'll see. Two, John and I have not used the snap yet. It's going to get kind of crazy. I, you know, I don't even know if it's going to get crazy or not. I thought Rashawn was the wild card with all that, but we'll, right. we'll see. We'll see what happens. I have a number, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, where I think this is going to land. I'm going to keep that sealed for now. John. I have Let's a guess this. on where I think your number is too, but <laughs> okay. So you need to guess my number and then where you think it'll land. All right. We'll see. Um, where do we start? <laughs> I don't I mean, I, I know, I know John obviously was a lot cooler on this movie, you know, coming into this week and only having seen it the one time and he's come around on it a long way. John, do you have the list up? Where do you want to start with it? Where, where were, I, I would, I would say for me, easily above Ant-Man. Easily above Ant Man. That's a good starting point. I was thinking middle of the road there to yeah. start. I like that. Easily above Ant Man. I mean, we you know we love Ant Man, but easily above Ant Man. Uh, Agreed. When we start to get to Iron Man, it gets tricky. So not tricky. I, I think we're gonna still move up a little bit, but that's safe. Safe above Ant Man. That's a very safe start. I'm not point. worried at all about this. Oh yeah, me either. I'm very confident where this is going. All right. Uh, so we'll start. Above Ant Man, who thinks it's better than Iron Man three? Me, I do too. Me, good job, John. <laughs> Proud of you. All right, so we've got we've got uh, Iron Man one ahead of it. Uh, a, a very good origin story. Who thinks this is a better origin story and movie? Just as Peter Parker is better than Tony Stark, so is this movie over Iron Man. Oh, I love it, John. Oh, raise it up. Oh, Get the thumbs just- up. Your thumb was off screen yeah. on my. I couldn't see. It. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> I, I've, I've got, I've got, you, I've got you cropped out. 
I need, I need you to do it like this. Yeah, any facial signals right in front, right in front of your face. I only basically have your face here. All right, so John, thumbs up ahead of my man. Now this is gonna be this is gonna be tough because I feel like John might put. All right, so Winter Soldier. <laughs> you just you were so focused on me. Let's have fun. Dude, I was debating so much. Like I was gonna drop a bomb and be like, okay, what if you think a movie is better than the one. Two ahead, but not the right. one above it. And I'm like, that, too deep, too deep. Well, no, that, that's where the struggle comes in. I was just going to say that because like John so, might think that Spider-Man's better than the Avengers. You, but I, I'm going to say this straight up that I think I am one of the people that thinks Winter Soldier is one of the best in the MCU, but I, right. I am realistic in knowing it's not going to last. I might try to keep it in the top 10, but for now, it's not going to last top 10. Uh, so yeah, better and better in Winter Soldier. Okay. <laughs> All right, we're moving up because that's a yes for me and Joe. That's a yes for me. And that's you. hard. Like, yeah, I'm a is. big Winter Soldier fan. It's hard that's, for me, but that's huge. That's huge. All right. Uh, Age of but you got to think when we do this, too. Sorry, not to interrupt, but no, no. when we do this, it, it's not just whether I think it's better or not better than Winter Soldier. I love Winter Soldier. There's other movies up there above it that you guys put that I may think is better than those, right? So right. I may just want to get it above that. So it's not exactly. just Winter Soldier. Yeah, it's kind of I can't be selfish. Like- I can't be selfish. It's kind of the point where it's like, all right, you have a movie that's like way lower than you expect. And that's like definitely out of the list where it should be for you. But you still want to get the current movie to where you want it, right? Yes. Yes. Exactly. That's kind of how it goes. That's where I'm at. Because if push comes to shove, you prefer Winter Soldier. Right. Bang for bang against each other? Winter Soldier, hands down. Sure. sure. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we're playing the game here. I like it. It's just where it gets gets tough, you know, like it's it's difficult. A ranking right, so within we, a ranking, tough. <laughs> it is. Um, so all we right. all got it. We Here all we have an ahead of of Winter Soldier. Who says Ultron? I I say yes. Yeah. Yep. Let's go. All right. And John and I, John and I have been loving it by the second. I feel like every second that passes by, we're falling more in love with Ultron. No doubt. Hard. No, Ultron is like so hard. Not like so hard. Climbing like you. Yo, honestly, I'm at the point where I'm like close to saying that Ultron's better than the first Avenger, the first Avengers yep, movie. But, I tried, but we but. we it's it's done. It's in stone. We can't go back. I know, I know, I know. I tried. Um, I tried. All right. So we all said that. Do we all think that Fire from or, uh, Homecoming is better than Avengers? Yes. Yeah. 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 So we're at the point where it's between Avengers and Guardians. Joe, this is my guess as to where I think you think it was going to lie. That's just saying that. All right. Who thinks that Spider-Man Homecoming is better than Guardians of the Galaxy? I do. I do as well. (laughs) Damn it. No, I don't. That was your guess? Was that your guess too? Yes. I I, I actually, I thought this was going to land at four. Right. Taking my bias out of it, by the way. I know that, which is fair because you know how much I love Guardians. So I I think that was a a very, a very fair bet. Um, I I can't be mad. It's all right. Right. For me, it comes down to the fact that like I just like Spider-Man just resonates so much with me. And so when you perfect a Spider-Man movie, the the things that I love about Guardians of the Galaxy and the fact that like even in the down moments, there's comedy or there's great music or there's great color for me that there's that in Spider-Man almost tenfold. Like every moment you're either having a fun, you know, a fun moment in New York City where he's doing backflips because he's bored or he's trying to return a bike to somebody with a note and he doesn't know whose bike it is. But like I'm the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, so I got to do something. Or if he's not doing that, he's with his friends like Every moment is just like, it, it's just so like, it's so warming to me. I just love the life of Spider-Man in New York City. So like, that's, it's tough for me. It's tough for me because I do love Guardians. But John and I both say Spider-Man Homecoming is ahead of Guardians of the Galaxy. Now, John, what do you think about Guardians 2? Yes? Me too. Me too. Yes, this is great. Yep. This is great. This is so yep. good. This is so good. Yep. 
<laughs> so if, you, if you can't be mad about Guardians, it can't but be mad John, about Guardians. John, not to skip ahead a little too fast, but I'm not going above Civil War. I, I, so I, I knew there was no chance, and, and, and that's a tough right. one for me, too. That's a tough one for me, too. So right now, you and I have it at number two, ahead of Guardians right. 2, under Civil War. That, that would take a lot for me. I, I think that I'd be right there with you, and I probably wouldn't vote Homecoming above Civil War. I, I think, think for that, you, I mean, for me, I just, we had, I think, same but differing opinions as to why Civil War was one. But right. speaking to you specifically, you, I think you, the episode we went over that, you loved Spider-Man being involved in that sure. along with everything else that was amazing. So you got everything you needed in that movie that you don't need Spider-Man to be one, right? You had Spider-Man in that as well. So for you, I think it's kind of comfortable. You know what I mean? It's helpful. To leave it, it at two. No doubt. Right. In, in Civil War, I think it's just that, I think it's, I mean, it really like was what, blew our minds and like all right the mcu is real man like you you can take all of these characters from all these past whatever 12 13 movies we've had and you can make almost all of them matter and this movie is incredible it's it's tough to beat civil war throughout this entire list not just at this point civil war is so so good Um, (laughs) i see i'm sorry i'm laughing because i'm looking at joe's face he's just he's gonna cancel the whole podcast Pull the plug. Yeah, I, it's just, plug. I, I, I'm oh. very, I'm very surprised that I had the support to get this to number two, and just speak to the fact that John came into this movie not really like, not me. really being high on oh, it. That's that's where that's I'm incredible. at. That's, that's incredible, John. That's from so, me. You know what? what? I almost think now that I'm thinking about it. I think my, you know, we went over my my experience at the theater. I think I remember being kind of sick that day, and I kept having to leave the theater. Makes sense. Makes sense, John. It's starting to add up. I like it. Oh, please. So you know, and I watched the whole thing of Volume Two, just nowhere near it. I'm just kidding. Okay, <laughs> okay, this has become a game, and how bad can we make Joe? Um, I so John, I thought it was going to four because I thought there was no way JT would vote it any higher. I thought he'd be well out by now in the voting, and I was like, I'm not voting it above Guardians. You might, but I'm not. So that's where I I had it pegged. But JT played sense. the game. So I'm not gonna, I'm I'm not gonna cancel the show, but I am going to. Yeah, he's snapping, oh, baby! First snap, the snap. So, so I want Guardians Volume Two back in the number two spot, and I want uh, Homecoming to drop to number three. That's, that's a, I'm using that's my a, first snap, and I feel good about it. That's a fair snap. I'm very curious about this. That's gonna be a lot of fun. That's gonna be a lot of fun. I've, I've got to get back on social media. I've got to. I've got to get people going on this. You got a campaign. So, you got to. You got to campaign. Tag James Gunn. What do you think? The I'm thinking. I'm so weird... split. It, you know what? I feel like. I feel like for both of these movies, people maybe who don't are not in, as into this as we are. I feel like both of the opinions have soured on, on on both of these movies. I feel like in hindsight, I see people saying like, "Yeah, Spider-Man: Homecoming was good, but it was a little kiddie." And I feel like people saying like, "Yeah, Guardians Two was good, but the first one was better." I feel like both of those opinions are out there. So I don't know if if this is going to get to the to the masses. It's a not very odd pair to put against each other. Right. It, it is. It's just I, I don't know. I don't know where you would where people would lean. Right. No idea. So I, so I won't be surprised either way at all. But I, sure. I think I've got enough to to get Guardians back to to where I I, I want it. So right. that's so that's happening. Since we're using a snap, let's let's explain it again. Here, somebody hopped in uh, halfway through the, the you know the run of podcasts here. So all three of us get to use what we call a gauntlet or a Thanos snap to attempt to rearrange the list. Uh, John has already used hit one of his unsuccessfully. 
Uh, Joe and I, as of starting this, had all three of ours. And the rule is you can try to change two movies that are touching each other. So at the end of the episode or whenever you want to use it, but if there's two movies that are touching and you want those to flip, you use a snap. You don't get that instantly. It doesn't just happen. We have to put a poll up on social media. So over on uh, twitter.com slash the underscore geekiverse, we're going to have this poll up. It's going to be live for three days. I'm going to get this episode uploaded tonight. So it's that, that poll's going up tonight too, I think too. <laughs> Dude, you know, I'm not ready for social media conflict. Yeah. I'm going to have happen. to just dive into it. So it is what it is. But people, I need you. If you're listening or watching this and this is still within the first day or two, get to Twitter and help out your old buddy Joe so he, he just doesn't lose his mind. I'm just <laughs> kidding, folks. I, I really do love this movie and I'm happy whatever happens. But I, I'm, I'm ready. I want, I, I want Guardians back up. I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes. I, so I'll put it this way. If, if two does make the rise up, I'm not going to be as upset. Because we right. we all raved about two. It's, it was number two for a reason, right? Right. So, um, I'm I'm really curious. It's an odd pairing. I'm I'm really curious. I'm I just need so James. Su- I just need James, and I'm James good. Gunn. Yeah, get him. I, honestly, I am just so surprised that we got it this high. I, I just knowing John's opinion coming in, and then even you, Same. Joe, just just like getting you know getting a couple a uh, couple of little quips from me. I, I thought you were a little bit more middling on it. You're you're a little higher than I thought, but still, I knew you wouldn't get it ahead of Guardians, no matter what. I just knew that like just the way I know you and the, the way you, you vibe out with Guardians, as I do as well. You just don't have mm-hmm. that that same kind of love with for Spider Man, so I didn't think there was a chance, but. I can't believe we got it to number two, and I'm so pumped about it. I can't either, and it's more so based on on JT for me. But I, right. uh, I'll say, you know, if I think about the final version of this, final when we get to 24 movies, like I'm confident it's gonna get knocked down a few pegs. No disrespect to right. Spider-Man: Homecoming. Fair. So I think if I think of it like that. For me to say that it's a number two movie is like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. But it's two out of 16, so it's not so crazy. It's two so far. Uh, Yeah, yeah, exactly. So So, yeah, I'm I'm excited. We haven't discussed this yet, but I think we should maybe even discuss it on there. When Black Widow comes out, are we all planning on seeing it opening weekend? Is that like locked in? Yes. Do we just slot that in? I see opening night. Yeah, me too. Do Uh, we just slot that in as that week's video? Do we not? we, We shouldn't wait till after, right? Let's just go over for it. So, so if we uh, haven't gotten to where we are, we like won't. We be. haven't gotten. We 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 won't be at Black Widow, you know, in time. It's it's like what three weeks so, away. But but timeline wise, saying. we're right where it should be. Well, that I mean, Black yeah, Widow's sure. right around when Spider Man's going on. So I wouldn't, it, you know, can- canonically speaking, it wouldn't make. There's an OCD part of me that wants to wait and keep these in order. Right. But, but I'd be willing to to sacrifice that if we. But I mean, you guys tell me if it works. You know, John, if the, you're if the timeline the did, if the timeline didn't make sense, <laughs> I wouldn't want to do it. But since the timeline doesn't, Black Widow's yeah. during essentially where we are. I, I'm okay with uh, it. No, I, I, I think that worked out though. I, I think it'll just be fun to be able to review and pop in a brand new MCU movie into this. I mean, we did it. We kind of did it with WandaVision and with uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. We didn't put those on the list, but we talked about them. I think being able to talk about that, like. During the hype would be a pretty cool way to way, way to go about it. I agree. I, think, I mean, I like we it. will catch up for Shang Chi. Like oh, that oh, will yeah. come out What's as we're supposed to. So be way, way ahead I'm fine with sure. that being the the asterisk on the list. Right. From it's my point even, of view, it's not even an asterisk. It's just you know, of course, that's the way we would watch them now because that's the way they exist now. A new one comes out, we watch it. Whatever. There's no rules. This just makes me comfortable. Time like it's, so, it's time. complete anarchy. No rules. It's all, it's all good. <laughs> All right. 
there you have it, folks. There's our there's our new rankings, possibly temporarily, if you come through for me. We'll see what happens there. But uh, always the the most fun part of the show. MCU reviewed Spider-Man Homecoming. If you wouldn't mind, I, I have to ask you, if you watch the video or if you listen to the podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, if you enjoyed it, would you mind sharing it with a friend? Because that goes really far for us. Our, our community is built on passion and having fun. And we had fun, I think, during this discussion. So hopefully that comes through, whether you're listening to it on the way to work, you're watching our episode on YouTube, on your lunch break, whatever it might be. We would really, really appreciate that. You can go to thegeekiverse.com or you can go to youtube.com slash thegeekiverse or download the podcast wherever you download podcasts. I speak for the other guys when, when I say it would mean a lot to us if you would do that. So thank you for your consideration. Final thoughts here. Gentlemen, as we get to, oh my gosh, I can't even believe it's next. I can't believe it. Woo-hoo! Thor Ragnarok. Can you believe in no. 2017 we got these two movies plus Guardians Volume Two? That what a take year. It a step, take it a step further. We got John Wick Chapter Two. We got The Last Jedi. Like, oh my gosh, 2017 was on fire. Right. So Ugh. Thor Ragnarok, the movie I thought of the three that I really wouldn't care about very much. Boy, was I wrong. And I can't wait to tell you how many times I've watched it. So final thoughts on Spider-Man as we get into Thor JT. Uh, and I'm, I'm excited. I will. I don't no, really know. Don't, put it, that, uh, don't you put that energy out there again, man. Don't you do that. No, no, no. So, <laughs> Thor, Thor Ragnarok saved Thor as a character for me. We'll talk um, about it. And uh, yeah, we'll talk about it specifically, but I, I am super excited for Thor. Oh, oh my so gosh. Excited. I might watch it tonight and then again next week. John, final so thoughts. I was, just real quick. Sorry. <laughs> I, I was going to um, watch Thor Ragnarok two weeks ago and I was like, we're so, I, I didn't know how close we were because I don't really pay attention to how close, you know, I just, when you guys tell me to watch it, I watch it. <laughs> but I was like, oh, wait, I can't. It's like so close. So I don't want to ruin it for when I want to do my rewatch. So, uh, this, uh, Thor, Ra- go ahead. Uh, not only Ragnarok, but I mean, if you include Ragnarok, we're two movies away from Infinity War. Wow. We got to get planning, boys. We will. We will. What I'll say about next week is Thor Ragnarok has been the one movie. We took this hiatus. I knew we were going to come back to this. There's a couple I couldn't wait for. I, I rewatched Infinity War and Endgame. Those are months ago at this point. So I've got, I've, got a, I've got a clean slate. Thor Ragnarok was the one I'm like, I'm not touching it. I'm not touching it. I, I, I have not seen this movie in a while. I cannot wait to rewatch it. I also cannot believe Spider-Man is number one, number two right now. What, what a show. What a show. What a turn of events. What a turn of events. <clears throat> Last week, uh, we talked about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Thanks to you, it's, it's, it's been one of our most listened to podcast episodes ever. So thank you for making that happen. We hope uh, you feel the same about Homecoming and all of our episodes moving forward. This has been another wonderful episode of the MCU Reviewed as presented by Fantastic here on the Geekiverse Network. I'm Josiah for John and JT. Thanks again for the listen. We'll see you guys soon.